Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. It is another wonderful episode of how to... <laughs> you're going to keep that too. You don't cut out any bloopers. Have you noticed? You don't cut out any bloopers, Randy. I've decided you're doing it on purpose, so go ahead. I've about decided I'm not. Hello and welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Those other those other entities, though, will go away so soon. They will. They will today. Glad to have you inside the uh, blue studio with Mr. Randy inside the yellow studio. I'm going to make a shout out today if you haven't, and I didn't even mention this earlier, Randy. Uh, the last episode you did on Leaning Toward Wisdom. Excellent show. Really enjoyed that. Um, we need to be stomping in mud puddles. Huh? Yeah, stomping in mud puddles. I don't remember what it was. But yeah, that, that, if you haven't checked it out, go over to Leaning Toward Witness and Leaning Toward Wisdom and check that out. Today we have you another know the other guest. place you can go to get there, don't you? What's that other place? Surrounded by ninnies.com. <laughs> ninnies is spelled N-I-N-N-I-E-S.com. In case, in case any of you listeners are watching story. us today. In case in, in case any of you listeners or watchers are confused or th- wonder what Dennis and Randy and Jeff have in common, Jeff, if I'm not mistaken, do you not own the domain stupiderist.com? If I'm not I, mistaken, I do. I ha- I don't have anything <laughs> there, but it it just you know there's there's dumb and dumber, there's stupid and stupider, and there's then there's the stupiderist. So you're reserving space for stupiderist, is that yes, right? We need I, to build that out. We need to do something with that, Jeff. And they're, they're, I guarantee you, there's plenty of material to go around, don't you think? Oh well, hello, Bill. We've got a lot of <laughs> we have a, a never-ending pool of material. So go ahead. Well, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about your taxes. I think something's going to happen with our taxes. Well, that's year, not Jeffrey. near as much fun as what we were talking about. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Go but ahead. I got news for you. Some people. Uh, where possible, and this is one of the things I, I hope that Randy and I can do with the show, when possible, we want to avoid the, the gotcha and the surprises. And there's going to be some surprises in your mailbox this year. Uh, there's a couple that we know about, and uh, we're going to do some shows about those real quick. The, the one I'm talking about today, or the one I wanted to address today, is the reappraisal. So the fact of the matter is there's 75 counties in the state of Arkansas, and all 75 counties are mandated by the state to reappraise the properties ever so often. And Jeff, I think you said it was ever five years. I think it's either a three-year or five-year cycle, depending on the county. Uh, and I made the note back in the early 2000s that we had an instance where the uh, Garland County saw where the property values were falling significantly and chose not to reevaluate. So they kept the taxes higher by not reassessing the properties uh, and it goes before a judge. The judge brings down the gavel and says, you will go do it now, blah, 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 blah. But you know, Jeff, nobody went to jail. I always find that interesting. You break the law in city government, but nobody goes to jail. Nobody, nobody had to pay a penalty either. Nobody even loses their job, their, their job. It's interesting. You get anyway, all that said, uh, Randy, let's cut to the, the screenshot here real quick. And I'm pulling up the Garland County, Saline County is doing the same thing. 
But if you notice, and, and those of you that are just listening, I'll read this aloud to you. The county will be completing a comprehensive countywide reappraisal this summer. The new appraised and assessed values, and Jeff, I want you to talk about that in a minute. Appraised and assessed values based on this current reappraisal will be available on our website after the County Board of Equalization certifies the property valuations. Board of Equalizations in Arkansas typically terminate their annual sessions around the end of October. Now, if if you don't know what you're looking for. And to be clear, this is the Garland County Assessor's Office. This is a notice that. His source is actdatascout.com. Mm-hmm. Those of you Which know. is the county provided. This is the county provided website for about half of Arkansas. And then AR County Data is the uh, the site for Saline County and others. Uh, but, but Jeff, this sounds like legal ease to somebody who doesn't understand it. Break this. I mean, seriously, break this down for us. Okay. So it, uh, from the research I've done, um, three-year or five-year cycle, it appears that both Celine and Garland on a, are on a five-year cycle and that they will both go through the cycle in 2022, which will be affect, uh, affect your 2022 taxes that you pay in 2023. And you would get the tax bill for those in 2023, but you may get a notice before that, that your valuation has changed. Well, and we discussed before we hit the record button here that, um, and, and Randy, what is today as we record? I mean, January the 10th, Monday, and we will probably be putting this out shortly. So I'm going to do a search and this is how you can search on any property in, in, uh, um, Garland County. I just put in D and D village properties. D and D is what I put for those of you who can't see. I'm going to click on any one of these properties. I'm going to click the map view for right now, and you'll see where I'm going here. Um, I'm going to find that property. I'm going to zoom out, and you can do this now. In Garland County, you get to click on any property, and it will tell you the value right there, right then. It shows it on the left-hand side here as you see me highlighting that. In Saline County, eh, not so much. It seems like in Saline County, uh, you have to pay per if you're, if you're not the owner, you don't know the owner's name. You have to kind of pay per deal. Uh, I am pulling up a piece of property that Diane and I have under contract with the fine folks at Cooper. Now, this is just west of Lake Segovia. It runs along Barcelona Road. It's between La Canada and Segovia Way. Beautiful piece of property. And I'm not bringing up the part, reason that we have it under contract or anything for any particular reason other than to show you what has happened to the reappraisal. So I click on the, uh, the details button and it's still owned by Cooper technically at this point, And it looks like that. And it says that the estimated value is $4,450 and the full assessed value is $890. This is about eight acres of just timberland. It, it's, it's reserved. It's not in the village. And as I scroll down here, Jeffrey, <clears throat> I see that in 2015, the total value was $4,450. 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. All these six years, this property was $4,450. And then this year, it jumped to $109,400. And just, Jeff, have you ever seen anything like this? Uh, no, I've never seen anything like that, especially since they're not, they haven't done the reappraisal yet. So why did it even change? It hasn't changed owners. Um, it hasn't been reassessed or revalued. 
So why it even changed is kind of unknown. I think I think I think you're right. I think I do have to have a, a talk with the uh, the county here. Let, let's also those of you that are looking, and I hope you can see the screen here on the right hand side. It says the total assessed price. Now, if you'll notice, the 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 value of the property has jumped twenty times, but the property assessed the total assessed has only jumped what eighty six dollars or something like this. And and Jeff, tell us tell us why. Uh, because on I think on a homestead it can only go up five percent a year, um, and on other properties it can go up ten percent a year. So since this is an unimproved property, it can the the total assessed can go up ten percent a year, and the assessed is what you pay the taxes on. So if the hundred nine thousand dollar value held, your taxes would go up ten percent every year, probably for the rest of your life or the, the total assessed value would go up uh, 10%. And then you pay your taxes based on the total assessed and the millage rate that's in effect. So, and, and we're talking about a millage rate um, change coming up because we're, we're voting on some road issues and some, some uh, school issues. So that could change, but, but let me get this straight in just in the simplest possible terms, it can only go up 10% a year. So it's gonna gradually increase a little every year Right. What's going to happen? And I'm looking around the lake here, particularly and golf courses and others. So, and Jeff, I'm just getting your professional opinion here, which we're not real estate professionals. I'll just make that first, but um, the areas around the lake, the, the golf courses, the views, those properties because of the pandemic and because of the increasing values, those are going to jump dramatically or significantly. Would you think? Uh, they should only jump based on what they're selling for. So how do we arrive? How do we arrive at that price? How does CAMA, the, I mean, let's go through this. So yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, let me just let you talk. How does this work? <laughs> well, the, the counties each contract with a company to do the countywide reappraisal. So and they don't do it themselves. The, the actual counties, I don't think they do, at least they haven't in the past. And I would not expect them to this year. So these companies go out and they do some kind of mass reevaluation, revaluation based on what they see in the sale. Now, they should use only valid sales. They don't use uh, fire sales or foreclosures or, or things like that. But there's sales between to, relatives. Yeah, they try to. They're supposed to try to eliminate those things and look at what. Uh, a property uh, should be valued at. Um, of course, a, a recent sale is on that particular property is probably a good starting point. Uh, but when you get to the unimproved lots, because they have so many of them here, they don't look at them individually. They look at them as a group. Well, it's in this subdivision and this subdivision uh, is near a golf course. Um, and so it should have this valuation because that's what we see as far as sales. But the Should. issue out here is that you can have a subdivision that's close to a golf course on one side and not close to a golf course on the other. Uh, or we see subdivisions that are uh, have lakefront lots, um, but the other end of it, you never even drive by the lake to get to the lot. Um, so, you know, they, they do a, a mass blanket and it can be wildly inaccurate based on one lot being very good, a very good lot and the lot next to it being a very bad lot. Uh, so they so, don't look at that thing unless unless somebody 
ask them to look at it. So let's go down this path. Let's go down this path. Let's say I disagree with this evaluation. What do I do? Uh, you you contact the county uh, uh, assessor who will direct you to the appropriate company to talk to, and they want you to talk to them and try to work it out with them first and let them know why you think that they might have erred. And if you can work it out with them, you're good. If you can't work it out with them, you can always appeal it to the Board of Equalization that meets every year. Well, let let me interrupt just for a sec. So uh, you say work it out with them. So I feel this lot hasn't improved this much. I feel this is not worth this. That doesn't doesn't cut anything. I have to be able to But time out. There's been no transaction that we know of in these years. This property is under contract. My question, Jeff, so when he closes on this property, which is going to be some dollar amount less than that 1094. Drastically. Well, then then will that sale, the record of that sale, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, that that value would change based on that on the bill of sale. Uh, I don't think it's going to automatically change. Uh, you would, in, in this case, you would want to find out why it changed at all when it yeah. did in 2021. Uh, but once you have your sale complete, or, or you could probably even show them now you have an accepted offer at uh, a substantially lower value than that. Um, I would point that out to the assessor and the company that's doing the reappraisal. Um, I mean, they make mistakes. They, you know, everybody's human and they have computer systems, but computers make bigger mistakes. Um, faster, you know, faster, faster. They make mistakes faster. And, you know, I had a very bad, very steep lot that they, um, they changed to $80,000, you know, that I paid almost nothing for. And uh, they said, oh, yeah, we, we had a problem with that subdivision and, and we'll fix it. Don't worry about it. And they did, you know, so. So, but step one is you appeal it basically to the company, but you can't just say with emotion and, and feeling, and this is why it's wrong. You have to say, okay, the lot's two door down sold for this and the lot's three doors down sold for this, right? Well, that would probably help you out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, then, yeah, we and move- then we're not just talking about lots here. You were talking about houses because I've had a, a house before where they had the square footage uh, way higher than it really was. They thought there was a downstairs finished area and there wasn't. All there was was a, a basement or a walkout basement, um, completely unfinished. So they make errors like that. Um, or, you know, it, it doesn't have a lot of street appeal. They'll make adjustments for that or it has a steep driveway or there's some other issue with it. I've had uh, changes made because um, it was from a tax sale and it didn't have good title. And, and so it wasn't worth as much. Uh, well, so there are a variety a of, of reasons. A couple of things here. I want to go back down the chain of, of how you appeal and, and how you try and get just you know satisfaction here. But I, I do want to come back and say it's, it's very clear to me you know, a home, obviously, you know, a, a raw piece of land is 15 to 50,000 and, and a home would start at 150 and go to, you know, million. So I can see how just a little bit of difference there would make a lot of difference on your taxes. And like we said, for a lot of people, you know, this could make an issue. But, uh, we'll come back to the Homestead Act in just a second, but I want to come back to, uh, so we've appealed it to the company. The company goes, ah, yeah, we made a mistake. Or the company goes, nope, nope, looks good to us. You need to stick with it. Then you go to the board of equalization. And, and who is that made up of typically? Right. I, I believe there's seven members, six or seven members of a board of equalization in Garland County and probably a similar number of the same number in Saline County. So it depends on what county you're in. 
where you go, uh, you schedule the meeting with the uh, assessor, with that county's assessor, and you go in and you meet with them and you present your case. Um, the company is there, the assessor is there, the board members from the Board of Equalization are there. Uh, they present their case, you present your case, and the Board of Equalization can make an adjustment or a change um, depending on the evidence presented. Now, are these members of the community at large or are these members with per particular pertinence or what? Uh, yes. Well, they're, they're people with relative or relevant experience. Uh, for example, uh, we had a former board member uh, in both counties, actually. We've had former board members that were on the Board of Equalization. Well, board members from the village is what it were. Yeah, uh, POA board members, yes. Past POA board members. Um, and there will be somebody that's uh, a couple of people that are in the real estate business, maybe a broker, uh, somebody like that. I believe for Garland County, uh, one of the school superintendents was on the Board of Equalization. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, and I don't know the exact process of, of how you get appointed or, or who it is, but or if there's any requirements like for the Board of Realtors uh, for Arkansas State Board of Realtors, they have to be at large non-realtor people on that board. So they really? may ha have a similar situation, you know, with the Board of Equalization, where some people have to have some relevant real estate experience and others don't necessarily have to. Yeah. Randy, or is anything like this in Texas or what? I mean, well, property tax here is um, <clears throat> is criminally criminal. high, as, criminal. as, as, as I'm fond of, of saying. Um, it It's not done every three to five years. You know, I mean, every year it is subject to, you know, to an increase. If there is a cap on it, I'm unaware of it. Um, <laughs> they haven't used it with you yet. <laughs> you know, it, it's really common practice here in Texas uh, for, for people to protest, uh, protest their property you know, tax bill, um, photos, all kinds of stuff. But again, most of that is existing, at least in my experience is existing property, you know, so I've been in this house for well over 20 years. And of course it is just, you know, there's some years that it takes a, a big quantum leap and other years that it doesn't take, take much of a leap, uh, photographs, uh, to Jeff's point. Yeah. As much detail as, as you can submit, uh, there are a number of realtors who have gotten into that practice as a kind of as a business development play, which is really smart, meaning they will help homeowners protest their tax bill free of charge. And they're hopeful that at some point, if you sell or you decide to do something, then you'll go with their, their brokerage firm. So there's a number of, of free resources like that. Uh, that have proven fairly successful in kind of suppressing things as, as much as you, as, as you can. I've never gone to some formal, some formal thing. I have, I submit every year, really? take photo. Oh yeah. Take photographs of cracks in the driveway and anything <laughs> and everything. Right. I mean, you just, you go for broke, right? Um, uh, Look, there's a dead bird in the driveway. Yeah, that obviously you know, affects the value yeah, of this property. Yeah, I mean, property. you just you just you just go for everything, and you're <laughs> looking for those inaccuracies, like Jeff said. You know, if they've got it at a certain square footage, and you're like, well, that, that's not the square footage. Yeah. I haven't encountered much of that over the course of a few decades of being in this house, but well, this isn't the only house we've owned in Texas. But it's a constant every year. You just put it on your calendar. You're just going to protest it. 
but in, in our, in our pre-conversation and which is why I brought up the purchase of that property that you used in that screen share. I mean, because Jeff has said, and it makes sense, you know, your bill of sale, if you paid X for it and they've got it at three X, I mean, it would seem yeah. to me that that's a, I'm not saying that's a slam dunk. Cause I realize when it comes to government and taxes, nothing is, but other than the fact that you're going to pay them, uh, or suffer the mm -hmm. penalty. But right. it seems to me that armed with that, you certainly would have a, a great case. Well, Jeff and I have been before the Equalization Board before, uh, and we've also taken it a little further, and we'll come into that in just a moment. But one of the issues is, Jeff, and this is an opinion or a feeling, I guess, do you feel sometimes, and this is not premeditated, we haven't discussed this before, do you feel sometimes that the, the Equalization Board may make a, quote, adjustment because they're basically trying to placate you? Uh, they could, um, or, or they may, um, you know, in the present enough evidence and they don't necessarily want to lower it to what you want to lower it, but they'll make, they'll make an adjustment. Um, I had, uh, you know, that same house that had extra square footage added to the downstairs. Um, they also reduced it because uh, it didn't have a lot of street appeal at the time. It has steep driveway. Um, and you know, it wasn't right on, it was on, it was a golf course house, but it didn't have the best view of the course. Cause it was up over the course. Um, and you, you couldn't, you couldn't walk to the course. It's not like say at Balboa where you could walk out your back door and 15 feet, you're on the course. It was up above the course. So they make adjustments. They, they do. Well, and, and if they don't make adjustments, then the next step is what? Well, if they don't make the adjustment that you want, you can decide to take it a step further and you can um, schedule a meeting or hearing with the county judge who is not a judge. He's the county administrator, but he's called the, the judge. Um, and so they schedule that and there's a representative of the board of equalization and there's other people involved and you can bring a lawyer if you want. Um, companies have to um, have representation. Um, you have to uh, sign off on who's going to represent you. Um, so there's a process like that if it's held in the name of a corporation. So, um, but you can go as an individual certainly and appeal that to the county judge. But once again, without as as Randy was just saying, without proof or evidence, a pertinent evidence, a proof or a pertinent fact. It's, it's just you saying, I feel like it's this. And and they've heard that all day long. You have to be able to. to right. You have to show them. It's not a feeling. It, it's yeah, it's a hard fact. Them. Well, maybe yeah. you could paint your house a really dog ugly color and photograph that. I like there that idea. Uh, well, Jeff, come to some, bring up some of the examples. If I'm not mistaken, I think the, the state law says e similarly placed properties have should have a similar value. Is that did I right? That so similarly valued or, or similarly valued properties anywhere in the state should have the same value valuation as far as taxes are concerned. So in other words, if you have a $200,000 house and it's worth 200,000 here in Hot Springs Village, and there's another one that's in Bella Vista, they should be assessed similarly. Right. Just because they're in a different county, it doesn't matter. Now, of okay. course, you know, if, if you were looking, say, in old Pine Bluff, um, it's a lot harder to find a $200,000 house, maybe. Or, yep. but, but if it's worth $200,000, it should be valued 
similarly to anything in Hot Springs Village. Now, where that really matters for Hot Springs Village is you can have lots side by side. They're in two different counties. So those should be valued similarly. Yeah, you're bringing up a point issues. I wanted you to. I wanted you to go to that point. I think we had yeah. an example one time where Saline County had something for one price in Garland, and it's on the same stinking golf course, right? Right, Balboa Golf Course. The north part of Balboa Golf Course is in Saline County, and Saline County had those lots valued the the vacant lots valued at eight thousand dollars, and Garland had them valued at twenty thousand dollars, which is two and a half times. You know, that's a big difference. Um, and so that was something that we pointed out to them is, is, you know, but they didn't really take that to heart. I don't think, <laughs> let, let me get this straight. So you're telling me they had $8,000 for a golf course lot. Did they have proof in sales that those lots had sold for that price or did they have proof in sales that they had sold for 20? Well, at the time they hadn't even been selling for eight, much less really? 20. Yeah. Yeah. So and this is back maybe five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. I mean, today um, I can see where every pretty much every lot on that course, except for maybe one or two that are really bad are worth eight thousand dollars. But um, back then they weren't. I mean, the sales history was under five. Um, wow. Now, now there's some better comparables, higher comparables. So so part of the problem, and, and Randy, if I can, I'm going to throw back to another share here just for yeah, a moment. Ahead. Just to You've got it. Example. I just took it off. To- oh, that's OK. No, uh, what I wanted people to see was, is here's what it looks like outside the village. And I hope that will regenerate. Come on, draw. Oh, poo poo. Hang on. Let me come back over here for a second. Area selected. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to deselect it. Come on. There we go. This makes for riveting audio. (laughs) It does make for riveting audio. Well, I I tell you what, I can can summarize. Inside the village, there are 34,283 home sites. 34,283. And if you look at it that way, you have to realize the fine folks at the at the uh, assessor's office have their work cut out for them, literally. And um, why can I not deselect anything? Right there, we go. There we go. Look at all the lots if you can, uh, and, and I'll show the left of the the for the, those of you that are listening. And the right hand portion, Jeff, does this represent one twentieth of the village? This little screenshot. Oh, maybe. Maybe, maybe one twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. It's like a satellite. It's like a satellite view of every lot, at least in this county. That yeah. That that people are seeing on the screen for those of you that are listening. So just- now on, on, on the Western hand side, where we see Clampett's country kitchen and all this, you can see that these are five and a 10 and, and they're broken up. They're funny shaped lots and whatever, but inside the village, there are 34,000 of these. And I, I can imagine that's a lot of work for any assessor. I get it. You know, that it's not just, uh, not just, we're going to go out this afternoon and, and assess some things or appraise them, you know, Right. That's why they do a mass and they do it pretty much by subdivision. So that golf course illustration that you made, 8,000, 20,000. So you go back and you can, you can show some comps. You can, so, okay, here's, here's a lot that sold within the last five years. Here's a lot that sold. So what happened? Uh, they lowered the valuations from 20,000 to 18,000. Uh, and they made some adjustments on the individual lots based on, uh, they didn't have the greatest view of the golf course or they were low or they were steep or, or whatever other specific adjustments they could make for that particular lot. But it was a very minor adjustment. Um, 
And so, um, so what the market had valued and what they had sold for didn't have any relevance. It didn't seem to have any relevance to us. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and part of the problem here, Randy and, and, and Jeff and I were a little befuddled by this. And, and honestly, this is one of those scenarios where we've been down this road. Uh, I think other people are going to want to go down this road shortly because I guarantee you somebody's going to get an evaluation that is a wrong B mm-hmm. just it's, it's, it's a loophole in the, in the data. There's a, there's a place where it looks like that ought to be this, but it's in the same subdivision, but it's on the opposite end and it's not on the golf course. It's near the golf course. And you would never get that number for it. And you would have to pay this exorbitant number for it. There are clearly errors. When you do 32,000 of anything, there's going to be an error. And, and that's an issue you need to have the, the ability to come back and appeal that said, uh, one of the things, and I'll, I'll just speak this out loud. Uh, one of the things that just drove me and Jeff absolutely over the wall and through the ceiling was, you know, if we change your appraisal, we would have to change everybody else's in the county. To which in you got a resounding area. I'm sorry. Or at least in that area. At least in that area. To, to which Jeff and I gave a resounding shrug, like that's not our problem. So there is yeah, a lot of push. Fair thing to do. You're correct. Yeah. Change it's, everybody's correct. It, everybody. it, since I was a young kid, mom and dad always said, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If that value property works for them, it should be mine also. It should be right. know, contemporaneous, as they say. But for homeowners, you know, the, the key is that their their value of their house has gone up significantly since the last uh, cycle five years mm-hmm. ago. So, you know, from 2017 to 2022, there's going to be a significant difference for most homeowners. But that is just the uh, appraised value. That's not going to affect their assessed value more than the 5%. And if they're over 65 and they filed the paperwork, it won't affect them at all. Okay. Well, you said 5%. I thought it was 10%. 5%. I believe it's 5% for homestead. homestead. 5% for So tell us what the Homestead Act is. Let's come back to that real quick. And Randy, I was well, just asking, do they have one of these in Texas that you know of? Mm-hmm. They okay. Do. Okay. Okay. So if you're over 65, your your taxes are, I, I believe, locked in as far as uh, the assessed or appraised value. They are not locked in. If you do significant improvements to the house, they can revalue that. And also if the millage rate changes because of um, of a vote of um, for the school, school district or county roads or anything else, the millage rate can make your uh, property taxes go up. But if you're like a typical Hot Springs Village homeowner, you're 65 years or older, it's your homestead, it's your primary residence, um, then you should make sure that you file for that exemption and your taxes should not go up. They should be valued based on when you bought the property. And if you bought the property in 2021, um, it would probably be off the 2017 cycle that it would be valued. Let me, let me, I'm going to pull up a hypothetical. Now, now also, okay. I, I do need, need to point out is I, they, they can bump it up. If, if Dennis, you're living there and, and your property is valued at 150,000 and you sold that property, then the new owner, it would jump up to. Okay. So to you would get a step up. Valued. Yeah. You can basically get a step up there, but, but yes. even, even after that step up, the, the next owner could only be charged another 5% every year. Is that correct? Right. If they were 65 or or if they were 65 and hadn't filed the paperwork, it would only go up to 5% a year. 
as far as what the actual taxes paid. Let me choose an example here, just, and I'm being hypothetical. I don't know anybody that, that this applies to, but this sounds to me, I can make a stereotype. Uh, there's a, a, a older couple that lives on the north side of the lake here. They bought a beautiful home 10 years ago. It's really nice. They're over 65. They've already filed their homestead exemption. Everything's hunky-dory fine. or they, Well, maybe they haven't filed their homestead exemption. But 10 years ago, they bought a property on the north side of the lake, maybe a townhouse, and it was 190 or something. Well, you would be hard-pressed to find a townhouse on the lake for 190 these days, in particular in 2022. So it might be that that property jumps to $250,000 right? But their taxes would only go up 5%, presuming they haven't filed the Homestead Act, right? Right. Unless okay. the millage rate changes. Right. But So what if they took that house and added a new home to a new home, a new room to it? Well, then you get into the situation where you've done a substantial improvement and there's rules on how much improvement you can do without affecting your, your locked-in tax rate. Um, I don't want to get into the particulars of those because I don't know I'm good enough to give legal advice. Sure, and sure, I'm not sure. a lawyer. So um, you would want to, I mean, you can talk to the, the assessor. They're, they're friendly people. Uh, they're trying to help you out. Uh, every time I've called there, I, I get very good service, really. Um, you know, it's nice to live somewhere where you can just call them and talk to them. And, and they're very casual. And of course, they can't give legal advice either. Sure. Uh, but uh, they're willing to help you out, certainly. I will make note, and I, I want to just bring this up, and I'd spoken to Randy offline about this not too long ago. I used to do a lot of work with state government, and, uh, you know, state government is typically in, in uh, Little Rock. It's, it's the big buildings on the side of the road that you drive by when you're going down 630, and there's the insurance department, and there's the real estate commission, and there's all these other nice places. And if you never get out and walk in and knock on the door and go, you know, what do y'all do and how can you help me? I've never, never walked in that door and not have somebody say, let me get you somebody to help you right now. And I mean, it, it's a it's a compliment to the state, at least. I, I don't know other state governments, Randy. I don't have a clue what it's like in Texas. But these people are truly very helpful. And, you know, they're regular citizens, too, and they want to help you navigate the waters, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Randy, any thoughts up or anything? No, my eyes have already rolled up into the back of my head, but that's how it goes when you start talking taxes for me. Well, what broached this subject for me, just to put some context to the audience is obviously bought a piece of property from Dennis. So we're property owners, uh, inside the village now. And it's like, okay, what, I mean, what, what's that tax bill going to look like, you know? And so in conversation with Jeff, it was like, well, you, you've got your number one piece of evidence and that is what you paid for it. So if there's a, if there's a difference then that's going to be object number one is just say, well, it's not worth that. Cause here's what I paid for it, you know? And while it was a good deal, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like for a dollar, you know, it wasn't one of those crazy, insane brother-in-law kinds of deals. So, right. And that's what it needs to be an arm's length transaction. And the way uh, it's, it reads is that it needs to be between a knowledgeable buyer and a knowledgeable seller. Well, now I'm not. Now you're, <laughs> well, now no, you're getting picky. I, don't. But, but 
I can let me give you an example. Buyer's me, perspective. I can give you a good example, Randy. You're a knowledgeable buyer. You've been here. You you've been around. You saw the property. Yeah. You actually went and looked at the property. That's correct. Okay, and and today you have Zillow and you have uh, Realtor.com and you have all these ways to look at what other things are at least asking prices, if not sold prices. But take yourself back to the National Recreational Properties days in the early 2000s. These people were being flown in. They were being uh, housed in uh, Little the Camelot, Rock. The Camelot yeah, in Little the Camelot, Rock. And they brought were brought out in a big tour bus. Being with, with the window shades down and watching a promotional video with the All chips right. guy on there. And they were not knowledgeable buyers because they were paying you know, like 10 times what the local market was. When, when the local market was 2000, they were paying 20,000. They were not knowledgeable buyers. So theoretically, those sales should not have been used for any comparables. Well, and, and to throw you what you know, talked about knowledgeable buyers, one of the issues was, Randy, I don't think you knew this, uh, you know, this, this fly, the, you fly in for the three-day, two-night vacation for the blah, 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 you know, and a free tour, blah, blah, blah. And, and look, a lot of people bought, and, and a lot of people bought some nice properties. Actually, Randy, I don't know if I mentioned to you, the people that, that had your property before you had bought it from NRPI on a sale, on a flight sale like that. And that sounds, well, okay, what's the, what's the sin in that? Well, number one, there's no particular sin in that. But number two, not having a knowledgeable buyer, not understanding what the scenario is, not understanding what the market would be nearby. And then uh, number one, if, if you were, flew out here with NRPI and you spoke to, spoke to or met with a realtor, the deal was off. You had to pay all your airfare, you had to pay your accommodations, and you got back on the bus. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. You talk about a rat man. Anytime I can't talk to anybody else and ask, huh? Did I say that out loud? You said that out loud. (laughs) You got to start using your inside voice again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, people didn't have smartphones with access to Zillow and Realtor.com in 2003 when they started. Okay. For the people that are listening, Jeff, what what resources can we link up in the show notes to this episode? you know, to help them. And I'm going to make well, a we'll want the There's, you know, there's free search and look up of your personal or of your real property on the two uh, county websites or the county sponsored websites on AR County data and act data scout. So we'll depending, yeah, we'll, we'll put that in there in, in what county. So you need to know what county you're in. Um, you can look up by your name or mailing address or the property address. There's lots of options. You can find your property or you can wait till you get your statement, you know, like in the mail and, and you can get your information like your parcel number or your RPID off of there. Um, so you can look up and, and see your information and keep track of it there. You can also see if they've received your payment because it shows what was paid each year, I, I believe, on both counties. Uh, so there's a lot of good information there uh, available for free. Um, and of course, you can always call them. Um, uh the Celine assessor. Now, it, keep in mind, and I, I used to mess this up all the time. When you're dealing with this sort of thing, you want to talk to the assessor, not the collector, because the collector is different. The collector is when you're going to pay, that's who you send your payment to. But for valuations and everything else, it's actually the assessor. And they are two different offices in each county. Um, so you, you need to do that. And also, while, while we're talking about taxes, we've been talking about real property taxes. There's also personal property taxes in Arkansas, and you need to assess your personal property every year in Arkansas, starting on January 1st, and I think it runs until a couple of months. So um, if you just own real property, you don't have to do that. If you don't live here, 
for example, Randy, in your situation, you don't have any personal property in Arkansas. But for somebody that lives here, we do. We have our cars. Um, we have an, an RV or a boat or, um, you know, they even do trailers like to trailer a car. Um, I don't know if they do golf carts, but uh, they probably do. But you need to assess your personal property every year in Arkansas. And typically that's just calling them or going online and saying, this is what I had last year. What did I sell or get rid of? What did I buy? Were there any changes? And then that's also on the same tax bill where you get your real property taxes. Let, let me throw one into that real quick. You're not going to be able to renew your tags on your car unless you appraise or file your um, your personal property tax so that they can know that you've changed or you haven't sold cars or you have ever. And while we're on that, and I'm talking to the outside people right now, um, uh, uh, was it Mr. Gordon? I think it was Daryl Gordon that moved to hot springs, uh, last year. He was from California. He said he walked into the DFA, the, the, the finance department. He was going to get his tags redone. He walked in, uh, there was two people behind him. There was nobody in front of him. He called and got his property assessed, uh, his personal property assessed. Uh, he got his tags. He was in and out in 12 minutes, cost him $28 plus a 3% com commission for using his credit card or whatever. And he said it was like $1,800 less than it cost him in California. <laughs> so it's, trust me, people, you can renew your car tags for under $50 in Arkansas. All day long, all day, all day long. long. Yeah. Randy, yeah. any news there? Renewing yeah, well, your car tags? Yeah. Listen, we have no state income tax. That's all. That's isn't, what you're that about. Great? That is. That's yeah. great. That's because that's great. it's made up in other ways. We're going to milk it from you other places, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. <laughs> I, we may not have exhausted it, but have we exhausted it, boys? I think we've covered the big deal, Jeffrey. Yeah, I think we have. Uh, well, we'll, we'll finish with one piece of information. For Jeff and I that jointly own several pieces of property, and then Diane and I own several pieces of property too, to, for when the taxes come out and it makes a $12 difference, and it makes a $12 difference times 14 or 15 or 25 or 35 instances, mm -hmm. it gets a little expensive. And we go and appeal that. But I'm telling the, the individual homeowner and the individual lot owner, if you think your numbers aren't, aren't correct, it's worth appealing to. It really is. Well, Jeff and I do it simply because there's whatever the multiples are, are so significant. It makes it worth our while. We have shown up with an attorney before and said, your honor, we're pleading this case. I mean, we've done this because we're, we're, we're working on 50 different properties. You're not working on 50, but it's still worth your time to make a phone call, talk with the, the camera people, the, the soft, the company, and make sure they just didn't make a mistake. It's worth your while. Well, and I just like setting the precedent that I'm going to challenge it, <laughs> right? There's that. It's just the well, satisfaction you know, in challenging it because you can and you should, and why not? Well, even if it only makes $100 this year, it'll make $100 next year too. That's exactly right. Probably. That's a valid point. So, That's a valid so point. It's, it's not just like you save the money one year. If it's wrong, you need to get it corrected. It just, it doesn't, you know, you should pay all the taxes you're liable for, but not extra, right? That's I'm not volunteering. Don't no. volunteer any extra. That's right. <laughs>
That's right. All right. Say good night, Dennis. Well, for we'll Hot Springs Village, show notes to all this stuff. By the way, for those of we'll, you, we'll send you here. And and obviously, and and by the way, more and more our, our listeners and and watchers are reaching out to us. If you have any questions, seriously, we are not tax authorities, and we're certainly not real estate professionals. But we're happy to point you to the resources if you have any questions. And for Dennis Simpson, Hot Springs Village Inside Out, he's Randy Cantrell, and our frequent guest, Mr. Jeffrey Atkins. Thanks for joining us today, that. De- de- Jeffrey, (laughs) and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.